Episode 321, The Rant, Theo Zubakowski, Board 41 Certified Basketball Official, Changing His Perspective in a Pandemic. Within a year and a half, Theo went from sauntering up and down the court to changing his whole perspective. Through it all, he discusses his early life in Mineola, New York, his experience attending Chaminade High School, how he got into basketball, how he got into officiating, and his new outlook in taking it serious. All that and more, my conversation with Theo, now. The Rant has been brought to you by Geo Studios, now open. They are located one block south of Westbury Train Station in the heart of Long Island, New York. Looking to bring your art or event to life? Trying to record a podcast? Enjoy six rooms of studio space to create audio and visual content. It also includes an 800-square-foot cyclorama wall studio, a state-of-the-art recording studio, three breakout rooms for four to six people each, which include a green room and lounges, a quality surround sound with six speakers and studio lighting, and most importantly, two on-site restrooms. You know I need my restrooms. Book your space today. For more information, find us at geoevents.com. The Rant has been brought to you by The Irrefutable Magazine. Co-editor in design Kevin Sparrick and co-editor at large Ralph Fernolis decided to combine both of their talents in writing and illustrations to bring to you a new online experience from an official's perspective. They both ref, but it's deeper than officiating. They create art for all time. Do you think your brand would be a good fit for The Irrefutable Magazine audience? Want to advertise with us? Visit us at theirrefutable.com slash sponsors for more information. We are the irrefutable. I came up with that. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a super special guest in the building. Haven't seen him in a very long time. Board 41 certified basketball official. Also head honcho of Ghost Elite, this new AU team that I've just heard about. And somebody that used to run Hoops Life and I guess got in trouble and can't use the name. So that's why he went ghost and then he was Ghost Elite. And... Yo, I heard this wild story about this man of first time, like, I'd say like three weeks into the pandemic, somebody was like, yo, he's in the mountains. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, I didn't know it's the Pocono Mountains and you called that in for me, but my man, Theo Zubakowski, how are you, my friend? Oh, fantastic. How's it going? How do you like the new equipment? I know you saw me when I was like amateur hour. Yeah, this is awesome. I was impressed. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's uh definitely been life changing this whole experience doing this podcast, so you know, I always want to thank my whole audience uh, around the country, worldwide. Um, I appreciate each and every one that has been following me, been rocking with me. You know, we're going to still continue to create, innovate, do different things. But I'm interested to speak to Theo because, truth be told, I'd say about a year and a half ago, we did a podcast. And I'll never forget that because we did it at Sousa. And we were on the side and we were doing one of your tournaments. And um, your mind was a lot different. And... I've always admired your mind because I know you come from the same academic cloth that I'm from, right? Like my school was hard and I always felt like you had an advantage academically because you're devoid of girls. Like when you go to school with girls and it's as hard as what you went through, like it's, it's hard. Yeah. But for you, like you didn't have that experience. Like, so when I got like close with some of my Chaminade friends who like went to Kellenberg and then left to go to Chaminade, they were like, yeah, we fart in class. And yeah. I was like, I would never like be able to even do that. But let's, uh, I don't even know where to start because 
we're going to act as if this is the first time that you've been on the podcast, but it's been a year into this pandemic and, you know, I haven't really done a podcast. Matter of fact, now like in a week and a half. So I'm like kind of excited that I'm doing this with you. Um, but it's like a different time because if you still look at the numbers, they're just as bad as when it was like locked down and shut down and we were all gone. But now it's just like, I feel like there's just a universal socially accepted frustration that everyone's just like, I'm just down to wear a mask for 10 hours. I don't care. Like, or I got the vaccine. So it's like a mixture of both. And as you know, locally on the ground, there's Island Garden opening up and other facilities that are trying to do basketball. The season for high school just ended today. We're taping this on Tuesday. I think it's March 23rd. And the Catholic league championship just ended yesterday on the boys side. Um, Congratulations Thank to Shamanad, yeah, by the way. Thanks. <laughs> but, you know, AAU is, it seems as though it's it's eminent that it's going to start. Um, but I, I want to go back to that year around this time when, I'd say about this week time, 2020, that's when Donald Trump was on at 6 p.m. That's when it seemed like the sky was falling. They started having this ticker on the right side of the news where it was like, 8,000 cases, 16,000 cases, 32,000 cases, 64,000 cases. And it just seemed as though the sky was utterly falling. And I thought of you because your life in general, the way I know you, you're a hustler through and through. Just trying to just trying to figure it out. But I do know one thing, and you love the same thing that I love. It's that game of basketball. And I think about all those teams that you coach. I think about those times when you reft and you even playing like this dude's playing coaching this like you got very, very confused personally. Um, but where were you when everything shut down? Like, first of all, how are you doing? How's your family holding up and going back to that time, March, 2020, about 12 months ago, what was the moment that you took all this real serious? Um, so I was up in the mountains for a while, uh, Pocono mountains, and, you know, I did some thinking up there. I watched a lot of basketball on my phone. Uh, there were tournaments going on, so I watched that. And, um, you know, I, I was focusing on the coaching, you know, strategically, but uh, more so I was watching the refs. You know, I was watching their mechanics, and, I, you know, I found, like, some of my favorite refs on there, and I would watch their games after that. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I started, there was a trend after that, like, of just focusing on the refs during games. Instead of, uh, you know, watching what the coaches are doing, which is what, what it's what I wanted to do in the past, be a coach. But now I uh, have a change of heart. Uh, and I think it's, you know, it's from all that time in the pandemic and thinking up there. So, that first of all, you're a glutton of punishment. So, you're telling me that you watched AAU games outside of New York? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you did that purposely to make you feel... Better satisfied. Yeah, Bowler TV. I was I was on Bowler TV. Right. Yeah. And did you find that it was frustrating that you couldn't have a team and move, or was it frustrating that you weren't playing? Like what? What were you like? What were you doing in the mountains? Like I, I. And I'm only saying this because I'm thinking like this is how you this is how you roll. You wake up at eight. You go to work. You're texting all these people about basketball, whether it be refing, training, playing, coaching, whatever it is. Mix that up in a pot. Right after you get to work, you probably got shorts in your trunk. Mm-hmm. Put those on. Coach a team at 7. Train a team at 8. Might be reffing at 9.30. All the way, 20 miles away. And that'd be your day. 
Mm-hmm. What was your day like when you was in the mountains? Uh, so I was up there with my grandfather. He he uh, he's the one who built the house, the cabin. So uh, I, I I take him up there because he can't go by himself. Um, and so the typical day was, you know, we wake up at like nine or ten, you know, eat our breakfast, and uh, you know sometimes we go out to eat. Actually, I like to go out to eat with him. Um, and then we come back and there would be deer outside our house. So I spend about an hour feeding deer on my hands, which is pretty cool. Um, and the rest of the time I was just watching TV, uh, watching games and, um, just trying to think of, you know, how I can make use of this pandemic. That's what I was thinking. So like there was no basketball involved and you said that you took a step to refereeing, which... I was surprised only because I feel, and probably nobody knows this about me, I feel like we're always inextricably linked because I do feel like there's a thin line between harebrained schemes and like a real ingenious, impactful thing that you could do for the game of officiating. And I feel like you're always at the cusp of those two and you can't discern which one is which. You think like, oh, this is going to be super impactful. And I don't know if that's an ego-driven thing. I don't know if that's a self-centered driven thing. I don't know if it's a selfless thing. I don't I don't know. Yeah. I just know that you always seem like to push the envelope in a way that you're constantly chasing something better for yourself. Um what was that thrill for you? Like what what was the thrill during the pandemic that now you don't have like a thing that you can chase that you're normally chasing and now you're just Holding your palm out so the deer can eat. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was tough, you know, like it was for a lot of people. Um, but you know, I uh, I just I really I I tried to think of how I could improve my life and how I could you know obviously make more money. Uh, yeah, which is what I think about a lot. Um, you know, I worked on some ideas that I had that were unsuccessful. But not having basketball was really tough. Like, I had to find things to do, and like, I was selling things online that I was starting to lose money. I was just doing everything I could to make money because I didn't have basketball, and that's how I usually make my money, mm. you know? So, um, you know, I'm just glad everything's back. And, uh, you know, hope, hopefully Island Garden can, you know, start up in full action soon, maybe two months from now. I don't think that's <laughs> happening, but that's, that's your opinion. Um during this whole time of pause and you were able to contemplate a lot of things and feed deers and long for basketball while watching baller TV. What, what was it like when you got like a text message like and you were like really into it? You just ignored the text message or do you like? Oh, no, I was like I was answering really fast. Yeah. Yeah, really fast because I had nothing to do. I was excited. Um, you know, usually it takes me a while to get back to people. Mm. No, I was, I, uh, I really wanted to get back to basketball. So any chance I had to talk to somebody about basketball, I took advantage of. What do you think you learned about yourself during this whole time of pause? Oh man, a lot. Um, I feel like I'm more mature right now. I, I thought about all the mistakes I made. I wouldn't even call them mistakes, like the actions I did that I think I could have done better. You know, um, especially like, you know, just in basketball, not not in everything else in life, but just in basketball, how I could be a better coach or a better ref and what I did wrong. And I feel like I had a lot more improvement to do in refing. And I'm making like a mission of mine to fulfill my, I think I have decent potential. I don't want to say I have the best potential, but I think I have decent potential. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I'd like to fulfill that and focus on refing. I'll agree to that. Um. I do feel when you reflected on that, 
I've always felt that you had a sense of imperviousness. And what I mean by that is I would say something like super off the wall to you, which would be completely offensive to anybody else. But I'm like, yo, he don't care. Like he got no shame. Do you feel like you have a, a new unveiled layer of vulnerability? Um, I don't know if I would call it vulnerability. Um, I just, it's very hard to explain, but you know, I, I want, what I want now, like my goal is that when I'm not in a place, I want people to say like that guy, Theo, he's a great coach, great ref, mm. works really hard, always hustling, mm. like running on the court, hustling, mm. um, and, uh, you know, always working hard. Mm. That's, that's what the reputation I want, which I don't have right now. So I'd like to get that. <laughs> yeah, your um your eBay account is like on negative thirteen. Yeah, yeah. Like it's gonna take you a year to get out of like negative five. <laughs> but we'll work on that, man. I'm gonna be side by side with you. Two things that I wanted to ask before I get into the normal spiel of questions that I normally spew out. Um, the Steve Ross podcast. Um, I held on to that one because I felt like he was talking that talk. And he was saying a lot of names and he was saying a lot of claims and I let it, I let the man talk. Like I feel as though he was always misunderstood in the officiating game too. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I felt like he was the older version of you. So I always yeah. was like so so interested to speak to him because I remember when we would talk about you. He was like, I don't want him to do that. I want him to be like so much better than me. And <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know if he conveyed that to you. Um, so, a lot of the things and how he said it, I just let it be. I didn't. I didn't really do a lot of editing. How did you feel when you heard that podcast? Well, that was. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say it was tough to hear. I was very eager to hear that, but you know, just knowing that Steve was gone, it was weird to hear his voice. Yeah. Um, but no, I I learned a lot from that. Um, you know, uh, and he kind of it's a lot. He taught me a lot when I was refing for him. I did his adult league games. Um, he a lot of hoops, me, right? Yeah, he always called me for the 10 o'clock game. <laughs> I'd show up at 10 o'clock. Um, but no, nah, he he always talked. Like, he, he had points that he would always emphasize over and over and over again. Like, especially refereeing, uh, like, on the court. Not just, like, um, talking about, like, coaching and everything else. But, um, yeah, like, he... He taught me a lot, and when he he uh, spoke on that podcast, it basically like resonated with me because it was basically what he's been telling me for years. You mm. know? So it really motivated me. Yeah, and also just by you saying that too, like sometimes people feel as though, and that's what I talk about the imperviousness. The best word that I can use to describe you is, and you, I don't know if you know this, I don't know if Shaman teaches you such exquisite vocabulary words like they do at Kellenberg, but. Do you know the word incorrigible? No. <laughs> incorrigible is when somebody has no shame and they'll go out of their way to impose that shame. So there's nothing that I can say or do for you to change your behavior other than you learning the lesson yourself. Oh, my God. What's that word? Incorrigible. That is me. I know that. Unfortunately. No, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a bad thing. That, you know, I should be able to learn from other people's experiences. That's the best way, to, which is what I'm trying to do now. Right. But in the past, I had to learn from my own, you know, consequences. Yeah. yeah. And I also think that if you know how much time you waste doing that and you know people, like it's very simple in the officiating game. All you have to do is replicate the successful people. Yeah. That's it. You don't got to do anything else. 
Yeah. You know, like I got my own personality and I got this, like, okay, that's outside of it. I just so happen to combine. But when it comes to reffing, I mean, you just got to be a good person, man. Cause I told you that equity that you build over time. I told you about flag football and how I know them. Um, it means a lot. So like if you spend 10 years of somebody hating you, like I don't want that on my back. I want to yeah. be chilling. I know. I want to be chilling with everyone. I want to be, you know, not, I don't, I don't go out there to be liked. Like that's not my aim, but I do want to come to a place of like, I understand you. You matter. Like, nah, keep it up. Let's, let's move up together. Let's get old together. Move up, get old together. Why not? We all a big family. I mean, this is a basketball community. You know, the refing is very small, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Very small. I feel like this is super much, much more therapeutic than uh, my normal podcast. But the other question that I had to ask before uh, I start getting into my normal questions. Um, you know, I felt like when I had referee rent and I first made it and I told you, I was like, yeah, awesome. Like yeah. I got this little Happy Meal toy and it's like, it's gotten out of here, man. It's out of here. Um, are you surprised how much it's grown since uh, I first started? Yes, I um well I always actually I take that back. I'm not surprised because I always thought it was a great idea. Um but the reason why I jumped and said that I was surprised cuz you did it really fast, which um I knew you'd get to this point but not this fast. Yeah, and and I'll agree with that, but <laughs> I told you that it's going to take you a pretty long time to get to that point where I'm like, "All right, you can like to me that's the gauge. I told you about the first gauge. How long it's going to take for you to get to on the varsity level in the Catholic League in Long Island? And the other thing is, like, how long it's going to take for me to invite you to this madness shit? Like, that's my, you know what I'm saying? That's my. Hopefully it'll be next year. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to prove myself. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, before we start proving ourselves, let's talk about where you're from. Where did you grow up? What did you play in middle school, high school, and in college? Um, well, I grew up in Mineola for 25 years. And uh, I went to Catholic school my whole life. Went to Corpus Christi, Chaminade, Siena. Um, and I grew up playing soccer. I'm Portuguese, which is, you know, I grew up in Mineola, which is all Portuguese. Basically. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, I grew up playing soccer. Then I got really, I got decently tall in like fifth, fourth grade. So I went to CYO um, and just picked it up and got taller. So where are you playing? Saint Hedwig's? What was Nah, Corpus Christi. They shut down, but the CYO program's still alive. Yeah. But um, you know, I did that and I played some AAU for Long Island Lightning. Shout out to Island Garden. Um, and uh I played at Shamanat as well. I want to go into that experience uh playing at Shamanat. So you graduated a lot a lot later than I did. You were already in the new gym or no? You were in the old gym. I my sophomore year I was in the new gym. Oh, that's so hurtful because my experience at Chaminade is like harrowing um, every time I think about that gym, right? So the locker room was like so old. Musty. They, they just like, it seemed there was an absence of girls, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, and I remember when I would go in there, the echo was so scary. And you know, I'll never forget this, right? Like my freshman year, I'm like the seventh man. So the point guard, the starting point guard, he get two quick fouls. Go in the game. Going against the starting point guard. His name is uh, Eves Joseph. He's from Far Rock. But he got a scholarship at Chaminade, and he 
is soaking every single second of his high school experience because he knows it's special and he knows, like, this is it. Like, this is my shot, and he's killing it on the basketball court. Mm-hmm. From wire to wire, he started guarding me. I brought the ball up, stole the ball, left-hand layup, stole the inbounds play, another layup. He slapped the floor, and he just was clapping profusely. And that changed, like, the trajectory of my high school career because I got so shell-shocked in that moment that as as good as I would play in practice, as good as I was, you know, as I always thought myself was I was the worst of the best players. I was really good, but when it came to, like, the girl in the stands and the pressure of playing in the Catholic League, um, what was your experience like when you played? You won a freshman team? Yeah. Ain't that a thrill? That's the hardest team to make. Freshman basketball. Yeah, it was a, it was a great feeling. But, um, you know, unfortunately, I was injured uh, all of my freshman year. And I actually, I got injured the day before our first game at a scrimmage at St. Peter's in Staten Island. Sprained my ankle on in, a warm, in warm-ups on somebody's foot. I was out for the season. Because um, I, like, tore my ligaments and everything like that. I blew it up. Uh, and then my sophomore year, I started, so you know that was that was great, but um, I had knee problems, mm. my my right knee, my jumping knee, and um, just the the tendonitis and the aggravation, I I had to sit out. Uh, and after that, you know, I went into training. Uh, that's when I had my first client after my sophomore year, and I doubled down on that and I started to do it after school. So I um I didn't see a need to play. I I enjoyed training, so I just went to that. That's a super fork in the road as a tenth grader. Yeah. Um. Did you you didn't even play varsity? So no, that, I didn't even try out nothing. I think a lot of people would be interested because I always try to envision what it's like to go to school at Shamanah. What, what what was it like for you? <laughs> it was uh it was very funny, you know um. I was, I wouldn't say I was like a class clown, but, you know, I I would do certain things that, you know, would make people laugh. And other things like, uh, you know, kids would stand up, would take turns saying uh, chop. You know, another kid would stand up, say chop. Another kid would stand up, say chop. And then one kid at the end would stand up and say timber. And then we all fell out of our seats on the floor. That's uh, so great. Yeah. Like we that happened one time in biology. Did you guys get in some super trouble? Uh, it was Mr. Dubon. We did things like that all the time, Tim. He didn't care? No, like one kid could make uh, bird sounds and water drop uh, droplet sounds, like teardrops. And uh, he would make the bird sound, and Mr. Dubon would be walking around the classroom trying to find the bird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we, we did things like that. It was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Did you go to Sacred Heart dances and, like, kill it? No, I went to Mercy dances and killed it. How, how do you make that distinction, or you guys just double dip on both? Um, no, nah, I just went wherever people told me to go. Okay. Cause you know, I would go to those same dances and they were like, yeah, you, you, you go to, you go to Kellenberg. Yeah. But I only went to two Shamana dances and one mercy, uh, mercy dance. And after that, it was just like, you know, not for you. No. Nah. Yeah. It's like that junior and senior year. I know, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Um, did you play any other sports growing up? No, just soccer straight to basketball. I see. Huh? Yeah. And then when you went to college, did you play any sports and what was your experience like in Siena? Um, 
Well, in college, I was an intramural champion. Which in it, what frisbee? No, in basketball, which is very tough. At a D one school, you have kids who could have played D two, D three. You know, um, so that that was tough. Uh, but yeah, my experience at Siena was fun. Um, I got kicked off campus my junior year. Why? Um, they did. They were doing. Uh, they did like random uh, fire, um, like smoke detector tests on Wednesdays. And I just, you know, didn't think about it. And we had beer cans all over the place. And there was, like, a hole in the wall. And, uh, you know, everything was kind of messed up. So they told us we couldn't live on the campus anymore and live in the houses. So then what did you do after that? Um, They told me I had to sleep in this other dorm, a new dorm. But I just still slept in the house, like, unofficially. Mm. Okay, so then you were training all this time too? Yeah, um, so I, I uh, made a posting on Craigslist. I'm glad you brought that up. I almost forgot. I made a posting on Craigslist saying that, uh, you know, I'm a student at Siena and uh, you know, I'm willing to train their kids because this is up near Albany. Um, and one guy reached out to me. He owned a car dealership and he always put cars on Craigslist to sell. So he saw me put up the posting and I met his son, Trevor. I trained Trevor three times a week at Siena. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then his dad got me to coach Trevor's CYO team, which was my first, the first team I ever coached in college. You know, that was, you know, that was my, that was pretty early for me to coach a team. Um, and, you know, that was like a big uh, stepping stone. What were you, like 19 when you first started coaching? Like coaching team? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I would say 19. Yeah. I was 19 when I first started coaching um, the volleyball team. Oh, my God. But, you know, that was like 21 years ago now, so who's counting? Um, <clears throat> so how did you get into the, how did you get hip into reffing? Well, it took me three tries. So, uh, you know, I, I I really wanted to be a ref. There was this moment where I really wanted to be a ref. And when I finally got it, I built my program up a little bit mm-hmm. to the point where I had like eight basketball teams. Mm-hmm. So my mindset was all about coaching. I was like, I, I want to be the best coach there is. You know, I have eight teams. I can grow this. And uh, I was like, I can, you know, coach in college, hopefully, or something like that. But, um, yeah, so. <laughs> He's looking at me no, like, I what? just got distracted. Somebody just. <clears throat> yeah, Wayne. What up, Wayne? What up? Wayne, the eminence grease of referee rant. We'll leave that alone, though. Um, well, let's go back to that first time that you failed. How'd you fail? Um, no, honestly, I forgot what we're talking about. Oh my God, (laughs) this guy. I'm talking about the first time you failed the class of refereeing. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So with refereeing, uh, the first time I failed was with the written test. Um, didn't do so well on that. Second time around, I passed the written test, failed the floor test. I'm not gonna talk. I'm not gonna say my opinion on things. You know, uh, third time around, I why passed. not talk that right, talk? So, yeah, uh, you know, I I was kind of hurt. <laughs> why were you hurt the second time? Because you know, only like they only accepted like four or five kids, and and two people. There were twins. They were like very well known basketball twins, and they only accepted one, not the other. When they both refed the same, like they were both good refs. So yeah. I just felt like they only had like five spots. So they just took the five best people. Uh, and then the next year, they took everybody in the class. Except you? 
No, me too. Oh. <laughs> so I, I got in. <laughs> and you said that you was in my class? When was you in my class? My first year. I was a financial advisor, so that was the thing. Like I, I So was, my first year I passed and you failed. Your first year you passed and I failed. No, I failed my first year. So no, it might have no, been my in, second year. It was your second year because Don- Landolfi knew you. Was he like, ah, you're back for more? And you would like, you left early once or twice. Or something <laughs> like that. You would come I had volleyball. Morning. Yeah, yeah. And I, I had financial advising stuff. So that's why when I didn't go to all the classes and I failed the first time. And the second time was just, I, I think it was just politics. So What does that mean? You know, there was only five spots open. Maybe, I know I'm probably not top five, but there was 30 people in the Do class. Do you think you ref well? Yes, I do. Are you saying that because you're incorrigible? Or are you saying that because you did well? If you take yourself outside of yourself, do you think you did well? Com- uh, compared, like, compared to everybody else there, mm-hmm. I thought I was probably like top 10. Okay, but they only took five? Yes. Other guys, but you think you were top ten? So because there were people who never played basketball, they didn't even know the like they had to memorize the rules. You know what I mean? Like that's they had no idea what they were doing out there. They don't know the game. Hmm. You know, so those guys, it was tougher for those guys. What compelled you to do it a third time? Um. Well, I wanted to make money in basketball, which is why I started my program, and I. You know, I figured refereeing be another way I could I could make money in basketball. Okay, so you passed the class. How do you feel at that moment? I feel like a god. <laughs> That's what Theo means in Greek, by the way. Really? Yes. Now, did you uh, become godlike when you went to these uh, CYO games? Like, how was that? Never, how was that experience? What was your first experience like when you ref? I never did a CYO game. Never. You never done a CYO game? Never. That's strange. I know. I didn't take refing seriously. I did. Yeah. <laughs> this is proof, man. I really didn't take it seriously. Let's talk about your first experience. Do you remember that moment when you uh, first donned the stripes and blew a whistle? Yeah, my first, my first day. I was with um, ah, he went to Chaminade too. Oh, he was a Suffolk County ref for in the playoffs. Leon, Leon Martin, Leon Martin. Yes, I was with Leon Martin. I think his class is seventy eight. Wouldn't be surprised, you know, he's a young guy. Um, yeah, so I my my first time with Leon, uh, right off the bat, before the ball was even right when the ball was tipped, and I was about to run, I was I was the the person next to the scorer's table. Yeah. Okay. So when I was about to run in the direction I was supposed to run, my zipper broke open. So now my my pants are wide open with my boxers showing. Like it was wide open. So I had to untuck my referee shirt, and a, re- a, t- a coach called an early timeout. Leon's like, what are you doing? He said it with, like, different words, like maybe maybe a little curse word in there. He's like, what are you doing? And I was like, nah, like my zipper broke. I don't know what to do. He's like, oh, okay, no, I won't tell. Like, if anybody says anything, I got your back. And then I had to go up to Rosemary. She had to give me, like, five pins to put in my zipper, and it still snapped back open. So I was that was my first experience refing. At Island Garden? Well, yeah, no, I— Island Garden wasn't my first time refing. Um, that was my first time doing like a like a big game. Yeah, like my a bigger f- game. Yeah, I did a lot of refing like PAL um, scrimmages after I passed the class. You know, I did a lot of stuff like that, like stuff on the side. I knew a couple coaches, um, so I did probably like fifty to hundred games before I went to Island Garden. I'd say that my <clears throat> my first level and layer of like OGs. 
is Steve Ross, Terry Twybell. Those dudes, to me, when by the time I met them, I was like, nah, I want to I wanna go far. Because I feel like they encouraged me to be like, you can go far. I'm like, yeah, word. I want to get out of here now. Yeah. And they were like, you should do it. You should. And I remember all that encouragement. Those two reasons, those two names, they really stick out for me because they always thought so fondly of you. They always thought so fond. They always were like, if Theo just took it serious, if Theo just took it serious, he'd be so far. And, you know, they didn't talk to me like that. They were like, you are taking it serious and keep it up. But they saw something in you. And did did you feel like did you feel that in that moment like when they were encouraging you and telling you you should take this serious like I just didn't understand why you were so incorrigible and fighting it like fighting it like no nah, I don't that's not what I want because to me like I want to be a college coach you can't be a college coach in a college wrestling you can't do that so was, to me it was one or the other and I was focused on coaching I had eight teams I figured I was a good coach you know so. what does that have to do with doing well though. Like, doing well in the game. What do you mean? Like, still taking it serious when you're doing it. Well, yeah, no. What I'm saying is that, like, so, let me elaborate on that. So, what I'm saying is, um, basically, I'm waiting. (laughs) I ain't going, bro, everyone going to hear this, so. You forgot. You were going to elaborate on why you didn't take ref serious. Sorry, wake up at 5 a.m. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I uh, I saw coaching as my path. I didn't think I could be a college ref and a college coach. So, I, I, it's not like I didn't take refing seriously. It's just I knew that if I put all my, if I took it seriously, it's a waste of my time because I really wanted to be a college coach. You know, so I can only pick one or the other in basketball. Can't do both. That still doesn't change the fact that you still weren't taking it serious, though. Yeah, well, so, so okay, sorry. So, to elaborate on that now, um, when I'd be on the court, like, yeah, I make, I make the calls that I see. I don't, like, not make calls or anything like that. I just, you know, I I just wasn't pumped up to ref, you know? I wasn't, like, um, this is, like, you know, this is what I do type of thing, you know? Like, I was, like, I'm yeah, I coach, I referee, I do this, do that. Like, now... I, I would like to identify myself as a referee and take things seriously. I think that would make a big change in the way I perform on the court. Uh, just saying, like, you know, I am a referee. Not like I do coaching, I do refing, I do this, I do that. But I'm a coach. Yeah, but you say you're but you say you're a basketball referee, though. Like, people know you're a referee. Most A lot of people know me as a coach. People at Island Garden. <laughs> All right, that's a nice yeah. differentiation. Um, okay, so... What do you think, and I know you said that the pandemic made you start, like, taking it serious. I'm, I'm just so shocked that you feel this way. You know, I've, I've known you all this time, and it seemed the opposite. So I'm just interested to see, like, because it must have taken some time for you to just get to this epiphany. And, like, because it, I don't know, was it subconsciously eating at you that you wanted to do well in reffing? I don't know. Yeah, you know, um, I'm not happy COVID happened. I'm happy that something happened that I needed to take a year-long break. I think I needed that to refocus and regroup because I was, I'm 28 now, but I was 27 when COVID started. Right. And I don't think I was, you know, I, I wasn't where I wanted to be and I'm still not where I want to be. But like in life? Um, 
No, in basketball. Okay. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, just, I forgot. <laughs> There's a lot of forgetting with you, man. Yeah. Um, Okay, so you obviously still have a lot of mentors that are willing to help you because there's one that was telling you all of these things and there was another one that was telling you. And um, Just talk about your mentors, who they are, what they've done for you, and how do you think it shaped the way you are going to help people after you? Hmm, that's, a, that's a good question. My mentors. Um, well, Steve Ross, you know, he, he really helped me out with those games. Um, what, getting games? Well, no, yeah, <laughs> L.I. hoops, man. I, even though it was 10 o'clock games, I was willing to do it, you know. Um, you know, he reluctantly, like, asked me. Like, by the time where I was at my point in my, my career, he was like, if you got some time, you can do it. It's <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> That's exactly how he would say it. <laughs> yeah. But um, I would say, yes, Steve, Terry. Um, I would put you as a mentor now. I always thought of you as a mentor, but um, I feel like we're going to take it to a different level right now. So I would call you my, my mentor right now. Um, and um, that's pretty much, that rounds it out. James Washington was somebody I always listened to. I always asked him how I can be better ref, um, but I just didn't execute it. Did he say, yeah, you just got to come in here more serious, baby. <laughs> then you'll be like me. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> he always comes in like. Five minutes, and it's like, James, you're late, but it's like, but it's me. I feel good. Yeah. Red, white, blue. I feel good. <laughs> okay, so with you wanting to take this serious, what is the plan that you're going to install to move this forward, this feeling, this burning desire to be the best official that you could be? I'm laying out my plan. That's what I was asking you earlier today, actually, uh, earlier this evening. Um so I want to go to Island Garden, work on my craft. Uh, hopefully, you know, Ernie can come watch me a couple of times. You can come watch me a couple of times. Me, yep. James, so I can get, you know, different. What's James going to tell you? I don't know. <laughs> James, he's, he's a good ref. He's one of Island Garden's best refs. So James, he can give me. Uh, I think he is the best ref. Yeah. I mean, I just, yeah, I would I would say James is the best ref. I, he's he's definitely better than me because he's way more available than me. <laughs> well, and that's, I, that's, a, that's a tribute. That's that's yeah. a, that's an asset for you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, damn, this is this is getting too deep, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, your reputation though, it precedes you. Wait, 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 can we just go back a second, please? Four. Okay, just with my plan. Mm -hmm. Um, so I I like these requests here. Go yeah, ahead. No, no, I I because this is important. Like you know, I I, I put some thought into this. You mm -hmm. know. So I want to dominate at Island Garden. Okay. Dominate. I, what, what do you mean dominate? I mean I'm gonna run my uh, run my butt off. <laughs> All right. How how is that gonna constitute dominating though? Um, not dominating. You're dominating I mean, the other refs. <laughs> like what? I'm no, trying no, to understand no, what you're dominating. No, I'm gonna be open to anybody's opinion. I'm not gonna see myself that way. Um, but I plan on doing well at Island Garden or trying trying my best. That's what I can guarantee. Here we go. Trying my best at Island Garden. Um. Hopefully get into something, you know, what, probably not MTG, but, you know, something in the city, a tournament in the city. I did some city games last year uh, in the Ball Hogs tournament, mm -hmm. East Elmhurst. Um, How was it? <laughs> I got stuck by myself in the championship game. By yourself? Yes. I was getting yelled at. Yeah. You didn't like that? 
Well, no, because the parents in the crowd were all around me. It was just me out there, you know. Stuck out like a sore thumb. Just, mm. just me and my black and white shirt. Damn. But, um, no, yeah, so I'd like to get into the city. Um, I don't plan on doing BOCES. I, I'm going to try to do some CYL. I don't plan on doing BOCES, though. Um, and after that, this is where I asked you for your help earlier. I would like to... I don't think I like I don't I I just found out I don't need to go through BOCES to go to the Catholic League. It's just all separate. So I would like to try out for the Catholic League once I feel like I'm good enough. Once people tell me I'm good enough. Actually. See, I don't even think it's a matter of like getting good enough because I think the mindset already is going to like guide you to it. Like it'll definitely be faster because you're going to be focused on it. But I will say, and I, it's weird that like you haven't gotten to the point to account for this experience is very big in this thing, right? So if you're not used to like refing with a shot clock, that's a thing. Yeah. If you're not re- used to refing a varsity game, that's also a thing. If you're not used to refing three person, that's a thing. If you're not used to refing three person and the game is crazy and the coaches don't know you, that's a thing. All of that takes time. So it's not so much that there's going to get a point that you're going to get good. You're already good. Like you don't, I don't know if you've ever identified yourself. Like I've seen (laughs) not more than eight seconds of you like, Oh damn, Theo could ref. Like you can see it that it's somewhere dormant in you, in your fiber. I feel like if you unleash that and it's more unbridled, it'll be a lot easier to unlock, but that doesn't change the fact that you don't have experience, even though you can conceptualize it. That makes sense. Yes, it does make sense. Yeah. So you can conceptualize, and I'm not disagreeing that you're saying like, okay, you do have the intrinsic positive feeling that you can and you're capable of doing a game such as this. But when you're in the smoke or when you're in the water and there's a shark there and you have never, you've never swam when there was sharks in there, I don't know how you're going to be. Yeah, you're going to be confident. It's, it's going to be crazy. When, when, with basketball, I just get locked in. Really. I just, I just also, in. this is what I'm also thinking about. You have never done a school game, right? Like, you've never done a school game. No. That's crazy to me. You know, you have to, like, be at a certain position when you go, like, here, like, for a 30 or a full-time out. You got to be, like, a certain. Yeah, and I need to hit the book and actually practice that Island Garden. <laughs> they going to look at you like you're crazy. I don't care. I like that. I do like that, man. And I'm 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 very happy that um and listen, man, I don't know what other people and their relationship is with you in the refereeing community. I've always had you with open arms. Yeah. Not a lot of people can say that. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I've always been in your corner. I give you space because I've like I said, I don't think you're gonna learn unless you come up with the epiphany yourself. That's why I'm never hard on you. What was that word again? Encourageable. We'll look it up. You should tat. You should tat it on your. I'm gonna get. Yeah, I need tat it on your sleep. forehead so you could go to camps like that. <laughs> After everything you said, what do you think of the attributes? What do you think? What do you think it took to get to where you are at this moment in time? Uh, well, <laughs> it comes down to people being honest with me. Um, you know, just people telling me that, uh, like, you know, because I was calling refs. So, you know, I'll call a ref here and there uh, during during the pandemic. And, you know, they would give me... Uh, I talked to you, right? I talked yeah. to you like one time. Exactly. See, I, I called everybody like one time. I had like 40 people I called. Did we text or we called? No, I think uh, I talked to you. Oh, man. 
it's tough. I was I was in the mountains doing a lot of that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, so they were just honest. You know, I was when I was on the phone with them, I was like, Yeah, you know, I uh I'm really thinking about taking refing seriously, you know. <laughs> no, like as a career. Like, you know, when I say seriously, like as a career. And, you know, they're just like, Yeah, but you know, you gotta <laughs> you gotta be a little different. You know, and then what you're you know, you were being you were being honest with me yesterday too. And, you know, you were telling me like things I need to improve on and uh you know, building up a certain reputation uh, is tough to undo, but I think I can undo it. Yeah, I, I don't... It's going to take you a while. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I mean, it's also good that you're cool with me. You know, that I think that definitely helps. Like, if I if I said you're, you're a rotten apple, then you're definitely done, yeah. I think, but <laughs> yeah. that's not me. Um, what do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go, and ultimately, where do you want to go? Do you want to go D1? I would, my my goal, and I think I can accomplish it, is being a D one ref. Um, if I would, I would prioritize refing, like over coaching. I have an assistant coach now, and I I would feel totally comfortable with you know do my own thing. Mm. You know, but um, uh, oh man, gotta get back on track here. What was I? What was I saying? I was going to say, what, what is it going to take to get to where you want to go and ultimately where do you want to go? Um, yeah, so being a D1 ref um, would be my goal. And, you know, I, I would like to be an assigner. I would like to be asked to be an assigner in some leagues. That, that, that'd be, um, that's something I'd be very interested in doing. Like now? Well, I mean, I have my own league, like my own I know, but I'm saying like now? Like, is that what you want now? Um... I'm not. I don't want to do that yet. No, not yet. Do you think you have the reputation for it? I can get refs. Yes, as long as the, the pay is high enough. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just going back to my my plan uh-huh. um, and where I want to be. Like I said, I want to be a D1 ref, but I would also, you know, I would I would really look into being, um, like I like being a G League ref or something like that. Yeah. No. I because I that that um. Oh, what's what's her, you you know you know there's a uh, G League ref that lives in Maniola, right? Oh, yeah. Um, who, who do you know from Crunchline? She's a G League. She was a G League. Ref. Oh, uh, Aisha. But was she or no? She was in the. Uh, she tried out. She was in the grassroots program. No, she was in the grassroots program. Grassroots, yes, 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 yes. But I'd like to do something like that. Yeah. You want to be in the grassroots program? Well, no, just being like just being involved in the G League. I think it'd be really cool. Okay. I mean, I know people in the G League. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, if there was another sport that you would ref, what would it be and why? Soccer. Yeah. I'm actually looking into it. Okay. You yeah. should talk to Irv. Really? Irv's, Irv's close to varsity. Because he, he listened to me from day one. With soccer? With refing. Oh, my, oh yeah, yeah. I told him how to room, uh, maneuver in a room full of vultures. Yeah. Let's just say that. Um, if you can pinpoint what is the most thickest situation that you've ever had as a basketball ref? Excuse me, the most stickiest situation oh, that you've man. ever had. Oh, as a ref. Mm. Uh, actually, we we just brought it up in in the city ball hogs tournament. There was probably I would say like seventy five people, but all around the court, like no one was saying it to be here, to be there. No, like all around the court. So when I'm walking up and down the court, there's always people behind me. 
Um, and my partner didn't show up. This is my first game in this league, and apparently it was a championship game. So I guess you know they couldn't find a ref for it, so they, <laughs> they gave me a call because I kept I was on them. I was like, hey, I really want a ref here, so I got my shot, and I got stuck doing a 14U, so an eighth grade uh, championship game, and um, you know the coach was the coach was literally walking back and forth under the basket like. Like, That's not good. He was coaching from there, and I kept telling him to get back to his bench, and he just was totally— Yeah, he had no control. Yeah, it was bad. So Where was your control at? No, but—so I actually—I did well. Um, the game was a close game till the end, uh, and at the end— This I, was this was two summers ago, 19. Two, yes, and it would have been this past summer, too. But, no, the game was close to the end, and it came down to a couple free throws. So mm. both teams were happy. You know, it was even both ways. Have you ref recently? Oh, no. Um, yeah, I ref scrimmages. A lot of people call me for scrimmages. But, um, you know, I that's that's not—it's just one man, so you don't really—you know, there's no good experience in that. Mm. If you could pinpoint one moment, what do you think is your best moment thus far as a basketball official? Uh, my best moment in other people's eyes? Or my best moment for myself. You could do both. Yeah, for my, myself was uh, being accepted into Island Garden. Really, that was my first place that uh, that was the first you know legitimate place that asked me to ref or let me ref for them. And uh, you know, so that was a that was my biggest moment. That was I, I you know grew up there, so that was very important to me. Mm. And then I guess in other people's eyes, um. You know, I've done some tough games. I've done. Uh, I had some tough adult league games um, with large crowds. So I'm pretty proud of the fact that, um, you know, the people in the league, Li Hoops, um, they were they were able to. Uh, they gave me a championship game as well, and that was surprisingly packed. Usually with the dullies, no one cares, but that was packed in there. And um, the the Jerry, the guy who runs the league, said did a really good job. So, nice. Yeah. I mean, I, that's a good moment, and I think the best is yet to come. We're going to leave more meat on the bone so we can get a part two. I always often find that these podcasts are like a moment in time, like a gauge of like where you were at this moment. You might do this when you're 30. You might do this when you're 34. But I do know that when you hear this back, you damn well better have had some progress wherever you are from here to next time we record. Mark my words, you will never catch me walking up a court or... or uh standing still again. <laughs> I promise okay that will be remain to be seen and we will definitely be putting you on notice when we interview again I thank you for your time we're going to chill a little bit look more uh, as soon as we press stop on this but any final words you want to say before we part ways um no I'd just like to give a shout out to Island Garden Jim Fox he's always helped me a lot um and he's always given me you know second chances which you know he's a great guy um, and shout out to you for taking me under your wing and, you know, being willing to work with me. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. And I know for myself, I won't let you down. For Theo Zubakowski, this is Ralph the Ref. This is The Rant. We are signing out. Peace.